Welcome all fellow wannabes. Welcome to the podcast. You are listening to the Wannabe Critic Podcast. And uh, tonight, today, this morning, whatever, we're going to be reviewing season three and season four of Star Wars Rebels. And if you are a video watcher, uh, I just have to say I am so sorry for Caleb's mustache. Um, you know, I'm joined by Caleb Henley himself, as well as Mikey Collins. And I also have to apologize for Rex's actually Rex's mustache kind of works. Like I wouldn't be mad, you know, if I was Rex. So there's that. Looks um, like I'm California, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, all you need to do is get some tattoos on your face and, you know, just talk even more Californian and you'll be, you'll be, you'll be gizzy to gizzy. You know what I mean? Californians, we love face tattoos. Yeah. You re- I've seen a lot of Californian people in California. I mean, Mike Tyson lives in California. You know what I mean? He has a face tattoo. So, um, like I said, we're, we're reviewing Star Wars Rebels tonight. Um, I can't even look at you straight, Caleb. <laughs> Caleb, Where you get that one, Caleb? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, the, the Zoom filters are in full effect, are in full swing to this evening. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we've been uh, we've been talking, we've been planning, we've literally just been talking about what's to come for the show. Uh, like a little burpee, you know. Um, what's to come for the show? Like literally for the past thirty minutes. So finally, we all kind of came to the same conclusion that we really didn't want to be talking about this show anymore and talking about animated series anymore um, from the Star Wars, you know, franchise. And that's fine. But here we are. We're bringing it to you. We're excited to finish what we started. Um, As I said before, I'm joined by Caleb. I'm joined by Mikey and I'm joined by Rex. Caleb, uh, how long did it take you to grow that mustache? (laughs) Well, I've been working on it for quite a while. Um, at least for the last like 10 minutes oh my god dude it <laughs> the actually, eyebrows took me like an extra 20 <laughs> i didn't even notice the eyebrows actually holy crap wow <laughs> <laughs> they're like oh my god they're like drawn on yeah that's amazing oh my god uh, yeah i was trying to go for some napoleon too um how long did it take you to grow that mustache? You remember that? So Mikey's eating yeah. a uh, frozen substance of some sort. Is that ice cream that you're eating? That I see. What? What? Are you, what's going on? Yogurt. Yogurt. <laughs> There's something yogurt. wrong with this yogurt. <laughs> Zoe brought me Chick Fil A all of a sudden. So oh, nice, nice. What? Shout out to Zoe. Why? Shout out to Zoe for a nostalgia trip. That's awesome. Yogurt's delicious. Um, you can't be as bad as whenever Ryan was. <laughs> Oh God, Caleb has a has a like a biker goatee now. Um, it can't be as bad as whenever um, Ryan Mazako, one Ryan Mazako himself, was uh, eating a ice cream sandwich at the beginning of our Arkham Knight discussion, which is out right now, by the way, which you can find on youtubecom slash Productions, Just so you know, um, you know it's not nearly as disrespectful as that, but it is semi disrespectful. No eating on the podcast. It's like whenever they tell you you can't eat gum in, in school. It's like, don't tell me I can't eat gum. Come on. Uh, Mikey, other than your yogurt, how are you feeling? Pretty good. About to dig in this chicken sandwich. Okay, are have you- fun. Make sure you mute yourself so we don't, so we don't <laughs> hear kidding. any. <laughs> no, go for it. I mean, I understand. You know, how times are hard. You know, you're hard-pressed for time. It I'm is what food, it is. man. No, yeah, no I've been doing you. good. I've been doing pretty good. What are you drinking there? Little scotchity, scotchity scotch. Oh, nice. Glenn Livet. Is that what you're drinking? No, is that what you're drinking? No, Lagavulin. 
Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, Lagavulin. Yeah. It's a fine, elegant uh, spirit. You know what I mean? No, I'm drinking Coke Zero, taking points from our uh, our one of our cohorts, Ryan, Ryan Dalton, who said that Coke Zero tastes better than Diet Coke. And I had and to give Pepsi. it a go. I had to give it a, a go for myself, and uh, I, I can confirm Coke Zero does in fact taste a lot better. So, uh, Rex, how are you feeling? Feeling good. Drinking my uh, Viking Ooh. beer. What is that? Is it a mead, or what is that? No, it's a white ale. Oh, okay, nice. The uh, Einstock. It's it's Icelandic or something. Where's it from? <clears throat> Uh, I can't pronounce the city, but it's in Iceland. So, oh, it is. Oh, okay, that's cool. Nice. Is it any good, yeah. or is it just like, mm, I'm so hipster? It's good. I love, <laughs> I love white ales. I don't think it's very hipster. But. Okay. Well, I mean, it has a literal Viking on on the you know on the on the logo there. It's on the, on the label there. So I didn't know. I didn't know. Does ladies and gentlemen, sense? lady, moving on from the drinks, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening once again to the wannabe critic podcast. Uh, we get together a few times a month. We talk about random things. Um, you know, sometimes we record things way in advance of when they're actually released or, you know, basically like actually way in, way in advance from when you actually hear them. And uh, it's kind of sad because this time we're wrapping up our. Uh, like our our Star Wars animated series reviews, you know, we did we did Clone Wars last year, and then uh, we you know we we went right into Rebels right after that, and um, you know we're a little burnt out from the Star Wars animated series as of right now, but who knows that may change whenever the Bad Batch comes out, maybe potentially I don't know we haven't we haven't really talked about it we just talked about the future. Um, if you want to, uh, you know, there's some people that uh, support us over on patreon.com slash wannabe critic. You can do so if you want to. But honestly, since you're already here and you're listening, that's really all I could ever ask for. I mean, I feel like I feel like all the other co-hosts feel the exact same way. The fact that you made it even this far, you know, into our rants and our ramblings means a lot. But if you want to support the show in a bigger way or in a different way, rather, you can go over there and check that out. Also, want to give a shout out to Raise Energy. I tried a new, uh, I tried a new flavor this 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 time. It's called, uh, I think it's literally called guava mango, and I can in fact confirm. Yep, it is delicious, and it does taste. It's more guava than mango. It's like a hint of mango. It's not as good as the grape, but it is pretty good. Uh, there's a bunch of. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Rex. Why do people do that? It uh, you know, you can spread it out on your palate, you know, on the sides of your tongue. You know what I mean? Actually, it's it's no no lie. Literally, take a drink of your beer and then let it slide off the side of your mouth, rather than just drinking it. Like let it roll down the side of your mouth. It can get way more way more surface area of like taste. I mean, it still tastes the same to me. I don't know yeah. how to do it. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll well, you know, we'll we'll have to talk about that. At the I don't have that skill. Yeah, well, you have to take a bit a bigger drink is what it is. You just gotta take a bigger drink, let it roll off the entire, you know, like the side of your like the side of your tongue, you know, and see how it goes. Anyways, there's a lot of stuff down in the description about down below. If you're interested in a bigger way and you want to see other stuff that we do, um, and see, you know, different uh, things that we're affiliated with, like Raise Energy, as I mentioned before, or popcultusa.com, you can in fact go check those things out. That would be awesome. I would seriously appreciate it. 
But tonight we are doing a little bit of a Star Wars catch up. We are reviewing Star Wars Rebels seasons three and four because honestly, we 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 just decided like let's just wrap this thing up. You know what I mean? Like let's just do these last two seasons together. Let's just have one one decent decently long discussion, kind of, and see where it goes. But I do have to ask, um, you know, in our Star Wars discussions, one of us is usually doing something Star Wars related. And uh, we were kind of, you know, prepping for this for the show. And I had to ask Caleb or, you know, Caleb was the one that brought it up. Actually, he was like, well, I'm doing something Star Wars related. So, Caleb, can you div- divulge exactly, you know, what it is you've been doing that's Star Wars related? Um, yeah. So I've been reading through the uh, newer Thrawn trilogy, um, which is really interesting, especially since the um, last two books in that trilogy both take place after season three of this um the second book which i think is thrawn alliances takes place immediately after um the events in the season three finale for rebels so that's kind of interesting and then um i finished that book a while back so i started thrawn treason which is the third book and it's kind of i think it's taking place around the same time like kind of around the same time as season four is going on it's kind of interesting um to kind of see more of a bigger picture of what all thrawn is kind of up to it's it's really cool and i like those books a lot and i think it's kind of helped my enjoyment of rebels too it's just kind of a nice little compliment to it nice yeah i mean thrawn's really a, a bigger part of this last season you know like more more present than i thought he was going to be for sure uh you know very present in season four especially um yeah that's cool though i've i wish i had more time to read i've been trying to dabble a little bit in the new high republic series books i've been reading i read a couple of the comics the comics are cool um but you know that's we're not really going to get a show on that for a long time so that's you know what it is what it is uh Mikey, though, have you done anything that's really Star Wars related? He says no. Okay. I think you might be muted, Mikey, just so you know. Um, <laughs> I was. Or something might be happening with your, your sound there. Uh, no, Rex. I myself a while ago. Okay, gotcha. Rex, what have you been doing? Have you been doing anything Star Wars related? No. I've just been watching Rebels. Nice, nice. Yeah, just you're so you're a reg- you're a regular human being. <laughs> uh, someone asked me if I've been doing anything Star Wars related. Caleb, I'm gonna throw it to you. Ha- ah, go ahead, ask me. Hey, Gabe, have you been doing anything I'm Star so Wars related? I'm so glad you asked, Caleb. Man, I've been up to a lot of things Star Wars related. Uh, yeah, no, thank you for that for real. Um, so me and Jace Gamble, one uh, fellow former Geekly Bi-Weekly alumni, right? We've been trying to tackle this big Star Wars project. And it's been this thing of, uh, okay, we're going to buy all these old games and go through them on Game Club. So we, we talked about this like months ago and haven't recorded a freaking thing until yesterday. Uh, and I think I'm going to take, you know, I, I, I'd kind of taken some notes from the, you know, some friends of mine from over at the, the plastic hearts podcast where they did the PlayStation book club. And the idea was, is, Hey, we're going to, we're going to play this game for a month or not a month, a week. We're going to play this game for a week and we're going to, you know, get together and we're going to podcast about it. And I was like, that sounds like a way more approachable thing to do than trying to play through every single one of these games. Cause Jace had like 12 games he wanted to go through. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. And of course in the moment, everything sounds good until you actually go to do it. And it's like, wow, this is actually super time consuming. So 
Like Coder. Um, yeah, like like Knights of the Old Republic. You know, that we were gonna start that one first, and I was like, wow, this is a slog through a lot of this. It's interesting, but I just I don't want to use my video game time to uh play this right now, you know. So there's that. It's pretty slow too. Like it takes a while to get good. Yeah, and that's fine. You know, we're 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 kind of playing through that as we play through the other ones, and you know that that re- that review will definitely be interesting. You know, I think we're gonna get some of the Bush League guys on that one too. Um, but I did, we did play through and talk about the Force Unleashed. Now, the Force Unleashed to me, I had an epiphany. Have has everyone played the Force Unleashed at least at one point or another? You, you, Mikey's never played it. You've never played the Force Unleashed. I mean, I think I picked up the controller when you and Carter were playing it when we were kids, but I've never sat down and tried to play it myself, really. Okay. Um, Rex? Oh, is that the old one? Yeah, it's the one where you play Starkiller and he holds the lightsaber backwards and he's the oh, yeah, apprentice. Yeah, okay. And Caleb, you played it? Yeah, I rented it when I was like a kid. So I don't <laughs> think I ever actually finished it because, you know, I my rental ran out, but. Yeah, I had fun with it for the little bit that I did play of it. Nice. Okay. Okay. Well, well said. Yeah, I, think so I finished we, it. Yeah, I definitely finished it many times whenever I was a younger person. Um, we talked about that, and that was fun to talk about and kind of, you know, kind of throw around the question like, could we believe, like, let's say The Force Unleashed was canon? Would it be so crazy to believe that Darth Vader had a special pupil outside of the Inquisitors? that he was having do secret things. Um, And we're, you know, me and Jace both kind of came to the conclusion. It's like, no, I don't think that's a weird thing at all to actually think about Darth Vader, Darth Vader having someone specific uh, that was kind of his go-to to to kind of help him hunt down Jedi. That was, you know, more adept than the other inquisitors. So um, what, what do you think though? Like just to ask you guys kind of the same question, like, could we see like, what do you think, do you think the force unleashed could ever in any hemisphere ever be considered canon or is it just too out there? I think it's too out there. I think he's, I think Starkiller is probably too powerful of a guy for that. And I think the Inquisitors fill that role. I don't think that having both the Inquisitors and Starkiller together makes a whole lot of sense to me, but that's just me. Okay. What do you think, Mikey? I mean, besides like the power thing, didn't they kind of already do that with Palpatine and Darth Maul? And Darth Vader? Well, Darth Maul is like completely neutral, kind of, when it comes to... He was Palpatine's apprentice. And while yeah, Darth but, Vader was his Yeah, apprentice. but like, remember that episode in the Clone Wars where like yeah, Palpatine that's... basically is like, you're no longer my apprentice and like just murks him? I think after that... Well, that's like... kind of what happens at the... Uh, uh, never mind. Spoilers. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I guess, but yeah. I don't know. I just don't put Maul as like... He's not like directly under Vader, so... Yeah. No, I just meant under Palpatine, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I and I think you. that that was kind of like the part of the inconsistency too for me as like, what's the difference? Like, why is Maul getting murked whenever the Inquisitors are a thing? And I guess it probably does fall because, because you know, things evidently changed to where Darth Vader is now, you know, the main Sith guy, I guess. And, and you know, he's trying to kind of do like his own thing. I don't know. We didn't really get a ton of information on that, you know, in the show of Rebels, but... I don't know. Yeah. Like Caleb said, it didn't make sense. I-, I think having one that's more adept where it's like, okay, you're kind of like, 
you know, like my my star pupil type thing. I don't I don't think he could he could I think that the fact that he would outshine the Inquisitors just in terms of power, you know, I could kind of see it both ways. It's like, well, you're just a really powerful at that point, I guess you could just make him the grand inquisitor, you know what I mean? Like at that point, but I don't know. We I like the idea of Star Killer, but there's a lot of things about that game where I'm like, yeah, this doesn't this would never fit in a million years, you know. So but Anyways, just a little bit of just a little bit of Star Wars catching up. You know what I mean? Like because we both played the game, we talked about it, and it was fun. But don't they always like? Don't the Sith always have like a pupil though, or like a, someone they're training, like you know, kind of like friends? I think they're supposed to. Um, yeah. My, go ahead, Caleb. Well, I was just gonna say, like you know, the rule of two is a very real thing, and I I think that Palpatine very much subscribes to the rule of two more than other Sith users. And it's a thing in the Sith too. And you see this kind of with Vader um, where the apprentice is always trying to usurp the master. And you get that in like episode five and six of star Wars, where Vader's trying to recruit Luke to join him and become his apprentice so they can overthrow the emperor. But that's very much. And I think you had that, you know, even with Anakin, wanting to overthrow, you know, Palpatine right after he became Darth Vader in episode three. So I think it's just very much a Sith mentality of they're always trying to find, like the apprentice is always trying to find someone to be their apprentice so that they can overthrow the master. It's like very much always an ongoing thing. So, I mean, it kind of fits in that way, I guess. Yeah. Except for the Inquisitors. I never once thought the Inquisitors were even close to being powerful enough to even think about throwing over the Emperor, you know? And I mean, I guess it's it's all kind of subject to what we've seen, you know, on screen at this point. Um, but yeah, no, like, I, I totally agree with you, Caleb. I just, I think the, I think the idea of Inquisitors is just such kind of a, there's a lot we don't know about that whole process and I'd like to know more. So listeners, if you know. Anything, well, have you played through like Jedi Fallen Order? No. Well, you see, that's your problem. Yeah, it's like that kind of describes it. Because, yeah, the Inquisitors, at the end of the day, they're just all like Jedi that have been tortured into becoming this these tools for the Empire. Yeah. Oh, so they were already the existing Jedi, basically. Yeah, so they're all existing Jedi. And you even get that like in Rebels, too, because, yeah. you know... That one, the Grand Inquisitor was a Temple Guard. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, I, I, but it's not like they're just that. these random people who have been trading the dark side. They're all fallen Jedi who have gotcha. been, you know, turned. Yeah, and we talked about, that was the thing, too, is we talked about uh, Jedi Fallen Order a little bit and how I just really can't get into it um, at all. <laughs> I, I'm going to beat it at some point. I just, to me, like, The Force Unleashed feels like literally the best Star Wars game because you feel just so op and like it's like yeah this guy's a sith lord literally like an up-and-coming sith lord and he can do pretty much anything and then you get completely wrecked by darth vader and it's like okay so that shows how strong vader is i don't know like i i just i wanted to feel that i just to, to kind of like switch the my mind to make it feel like souls like with jedi fallen order it's a struggle for me i just need to sit down and like give it the time it deserves though you know because i know i know i'm gonna like it. i'm not hating on the game i'm just saying i i've, I've been having a hard time kind of getting into it but I yeah yeah but mikey just something you know to say would you raise your hand mikey uh i remember okay gotcha <laughs> you're right I just you, you threw that you threw the hand up you know i just i wasn't i wasn't 100 sure game um time. so now ladies and gentlemen it comes 
to be the time where we actually are going to review uh, seasons three and four of Star Wars Rebels. Okay, to get started, ladies and gentlemen, with Rebel with Rebels, Star Wars Rebels seasons three and four. Um, we're gonna do things a little bit differently, kind of this time. Normally we'd go like, you know, episode arc by episode arc. And I just don't want to do that anymore. You know, I think it's redundant. I think it's boring. I think it's formulaic. I'd rather just have kind of a, a general discussion around things that happen in the show and what we thought about those things, because ultimately I'm going to break it down for you, ladies and gentlemen, rebels seasons three and four is literally continuing to build the rebellion and take back Lethal. the end. That is literally Rebels seasons three and four with a lot of cool things sprinkled in, you know, in between. But that's the main quest. Re you know, build build the rebellion. Take back Lethal. Rex, I'm going to kill you. What do you well, what? I got to say, I'm a little I'm a little disappointed. I feel like people overhyped this show for me. Dude, just, same. I have to agree a little bit. I, I feel like that's oh. hard to say, but. I'm gonna say it. Who overhyped it? Literally everybody. Literally everybody for me. And here's the thing. Okay, hold on. Pump the brakes, everybody. Just wait yeah. one freaking second. In true wannabe fashion, we gotta ask the question, right? Do we enjoy the show? And then we can go from there. Rex, don't you ever, ever <laughs> try and supersede the wannabe? You understand me? God, I will kick you. All I, right, let's go ahead and I will mute. I will mute you so fast. This bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> How many stars you giving it, Gabe? Yeah, no decimals. Um, Caleb, do you like Star Wars Rebels? Oh, dude, I love it. Okay, I love this show. Okay, like absolutely love it. And I think it sucks that we, for you and Rex. For your first times to be watching this show, not of your own initiative, but being forced to adhere to like a time schedule to where you felt like you were having to be force fed the show. We that's took where I'm at. Like we, that's we where took, I'm at. Like with hearing you guys, because it kind of took like we took months. Sucks. We took months to watch the show. We yeah, took, but we took a long time to watch the show. It's not yeah, the but, it's not the but, time frame. It's just the overarching. Yeah, and you told me, Gabe that like you binged the last part of the show all at once before we're recording this. So you're not watching it like a normal person where you're watching it on your own, like over a long period of time, you're binging it because you have to. And probably the same with Rex because both of your guys's lives are super busy, like anybody else's. And you guys are like, well, crap, we got to get this show done. So you're having to force feed yourself and binge it. And it's like this like thing, this weight that hangs over you until like the yeah. show runs up. And then it's you're not it, it it there's no possible way that that's not like hampering or like hampering. i don't know like taking over, yeah. the experience taking of it all whatever go ahead rex i feel like there's a little truth to that caleb but at the same time a show i feel like a show has got to make me care and want to come back and a majority of this episodes don't do that for me and it was the same way with attack of the clone i mean uh, yeah the clone wars for for me I, like i was i watched that on my own initiative and i still felt that way 
even... well, that, that makes more sense because if you don't like the Clone Wars or if you're not like able to get into that, then it makes sense that you wouldn't necessarily be able to get into this. Like that's I get that. Like it's that makes a little sense. harder to get into it. Like for me and um, I, I don't want to go. I don't know if we're gonna go right into it about you know. Hold on, we... yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, just wait. Okay, Caleb likes the show. Caleb, thanks for idiots for binging it. I didn't say that. I'm, but I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Because I'm that's teasing. that's not your that's not necessarily your guys' fault. Well, either. and I, just... I will say too. I will say too. Here's the thing. I would have eventually watched the show. The thing that the podcast was the thing is like, okay, I want to watch this. Like, I want to talk about this. Everyone, every everyone says this show is so great, right? And I'm a, I love Star Wars. I love it. But everyone would not shut up about how good this show is for years. It's like, oh my god, you haven't seen Rebels. It's like, no, I, I do, I don't watch TV. So I, that was the thing is like the the podcast was the literal. It, I would have binged it either way, is what I'm trying to say. Um, and I don't hate the show. I'm not saying that. I I, I really like the show a lot, actually. I just think that for me, it was just a little, not even a little, a lot overhyped, just a little overhyped. And I have reasons for that. You know, I have reasons for, for why I feel that way. But Caleb, like what you're saying, Caleb, there is a little bit of truth to that because there's an, you know, there's a weight that kind of looms over you. It's like, okay, like, you know, we're people are going to be listening to this. You know, we kind of have somewhat of an agenda, yada, yada, yada. But that's not the reason why the show feels a little overhyped. Rex may feel differently. That's how I feel. So, but I, that being said, I did like the show. I, I do like the show as a whole. I really do. Mikey. Do you like the show? Uh, yeah, I love. I just like Kev. I love this show. I too watched it of my own fruition too, at my own pace. So, I and I actually watched this before Clone Wars, and before we ever even did our review on it, I watched it uh, like at the beginning of last year or something like that, and I loved it. Okay. Well, now now everyone knows how how we feel. Everyone knows how we all feel. There's a lot to get into. You know, we have talking. We have to talk about Ezra. We got to talk about Maul and Obi Wan. We got to talk about Hera and um, Kanan. You know, we got to talk about all these little details. We got to talk about Callus and Thrawn, and you know, all of these things that make the show what it is. Um. So you know, as I said before. The show in a nutshell, these last two seasons, seasons three and four, is Ezra is, you know, gallivanting around the galaxy with his space family, trying to get the rebellion together so that they can essentially in the end game take back Lothal. Now that involves them coming into contact with Darth Maul via Sith Holocron. Um, that involves them kind of playing back and forth with Agent Callus because Callus has decided that he doesn't want to be a part of the Empire anymore. So that that plays into it. Um, that involves Thrawn kind of being one step ahead of our heroes pretty much the entire show, which is pretty awesome to see on screen, actually. Um, and that also involves, uh, you know, Kanan and Hera, their, their arc kind of developing even more. So I want to ask you guys, what is like your your favorite moments? You know, because those are like the biggest things I think. You know, but like, what are what what are like your personal standout moments where you're just like, oh my god, I thought that was awesome, yada yada. So what we'll do is we'll go and we'll say like, okay, like Caleb, you give yours. Then if if that ends up being someone else's or one of their favorite moments, we'll just talk about it as a group. So go ahead, Caleb. 
Well, you're going to make me the jerk because I think I'm going to take the really obvious one. Um, Twin Sons is the best. It's incredible. Um, that moment in kind of the buildup. I mean, it's built up throughout like this entire season, but that moment of Obi-Wan versus Maul and everything that is and how it's just very simply and pretty beautifully done. It's it's really, really good. Like it's it's a great, great moment for in for all of Star Wars. It's amazing. Have you guys ever heard Dave Filoni talk about that scene? Yeah. You've never seen it, Rex? So basically Dave Filoni literally breaks down that encounter like beat for beat and basically gives the resolution. You know, it's like, well, why is Obi-Wan, you know, like holding Maul in his arms, you know, as he's dying and yada, yada, yada. And the way that he explains it, literally, I'm like, Dave Filoni, will you just like be my dad? Because I just want to like go to you for like everything, literally, you know, because you, you could probably make my wildest dreams come true for Star Wars. Like just the way he the way. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Wait, the delay had Mikey like, what what, what, what is the meaning of this? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I love that moment, too, Caleb. Um, d- Mikey, do you want to piggyback off of that a little bit? Do you have anything like that you want to say about that before? You know, I, guess I don't want to steamroll anybody, obviously, but. What did I you mean, think of that moment? I mean, it's for anybody who is a decent Star Wars fan has watched any of Clone Wars. I mean, it, it's it's so fulfilling that moment. And it, I heard some people say it was too fast, like it was too short of a moment. But I feel like that makes it even better because it's like it was it wasn't not a big deal, but it was like this is how it had to go. Yeah. You know, like it, I love, I love, yeah. The first time I watched that, cause I, I went through and basically this last watch through, I just watched like all the, all the episodes. I just looked through all the lists and watched the ones that I knew there was something important in. Cause I know the story, but that one I was like, Oh, I can't wait to watch that episode. Cause it's, that's, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. What about you, Rex? Yeah. I just feel like the scene was a little short, but. I knew um, you were gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought it was crazy how like fast he took him out, you know? Yeah. It was just surprising. Okay. Um, so I- I'm gonna stop you right there. I'm sorry, I'm actually not gonna stop you. Keep on going. Like it was surprising that he took him out that fast. Like elaborate on that for a minute and then I'll I got something for you. Oh, I was just gonna say, but you know, I'm only on season four of Attack of the Clones, so you know. I haven't seen the whole Attack of the resolution. Wars. I haven't it's, seen that. He, he means the Clone Wars, Clone Wars Mikey. Sorry. Mikey's going to be that guy. Uh, okay, so Dave Filoni, he talks about this scene, uh, you know, beat for beat. And he basically says, like, okay, when you first, you know, whenever you first encounter Obi-Wan and Maul, they're together, it's the standoff. It's like, okay, like, have we been here before, right? So he starts off and he takes a stance, you know, it's like young Obi-Wan stance. And it's like, okay, this is, you know, this is how I used to fight. This is how I, you know, with the two fingers, he's like, this is how it used to be. And, you know, Maul is kind of watching him kind of taking it all. And then, and then he thinks about it. He's like, no, I'm not that person anymore. Like I'm more refined. Like he switches his stance to what we see at the end of a new hope whenever Vader takes him down. And he's like, actually, I know what Maul's going to do. So then you see him take the stance of Qui-Gon. 
So at the end there, whenever he's ba- he's basically baiting Maul into doing exactly what he did against Qui-Gon Jinn because he knows exactly how to counteract that move. And that's why it takes place in the way that it does because by this point, Obi-Wan is such a skilled swordsman and such a skilled Jedi. Like, he know he, he has Maul's number. You know, he's ha- he's been doing what... And I'm sure we'll see training. You know, I'm sure we'll see training in the Obi-Wan show. But I mean, we have to think about, like, Maul's been kind of secluded for quite some time. He's not in the same headspace. He's just literally hell-bent on revenge. So it's two completely different circumstantial sides. It's literally, you know, kind of like the yin and yang of this situation. And he talks about it. And he's like, at the same time, you know, whenever he takes Maul out, he had his number. He still embraces Maul at the end of the show, at the end of the episode, because Obi-Wan and Maul were literally played the exact same hand by Palpatine. They were both pawns in Palpatine's ploy. Um, Obi-Wan is a very instrumental part of that, you know, as one of the head generals, you know, one of the most formidable generals in, you know, the Jedi Order at that time. And. And that moment at the end, you know, whenever Maul's like basically kind of realizing he's beat, he's kind of playing like literally the one little shred, the one little like good shred of emotion within Maul. He's like playing, you know, I think he says something like what, like Avenge Us or something like that. Or do you guys remember exactly what he says? Something along the lines of like. Yes, he asks about the chosen one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. He asks about the chosen one. He says like. He's asking, he's wondering who he's guarding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Just in that moment there, they have that moment of unity in that one second because they've had literally the exact same journey, but on different paths of getting there. And that's powerful. Like, that's poetic, you know. And, you know, Caleb, you're not a jerk for picking that that one first because I think for me that hit me like that was my favorite part of the entire of the entire show, honestly. Because it it tied together everything that I loved about Star Wars already tied it together while also giving me kind of a different perspective in terms of Maul and what Maul might have been feeling because Maul has to go after Obi-Wan because he literally has nothing left. That's all he can do. He can't find contentment in anything else. He has to blame somebody else for the way that he's feeling and for his problems. That's what it boils down to. And, you know, on the opposite end of that, Obi-Wan has everything to live for because, you know, the best chance of saving the galaxy is within arm's reach, basically. So, I don't know. I, like, I love that scene. And if you if you ever want to go watch, go watch Dave Filoni talk about that. Like, you know, he'll say there's more to it than what I said, but just the way he delivers it, it's like he knows Star Wars and just a, such an awesome moment. Um, Caleb, you have anything to add to that? Um, specific to that scene? No, just um, in general, anything about it. Oh, like anything, like any other moments that I liked in the series? I'm sorry. Yeah, well, Twin Sun, like anything about Twin Suns or, or just anything, oh, anything. anything general? Yeah. No, I think it's just, no, I think I kind of already said it, but I think it's a really good payoff to Maul's journey because um, we've gotten that basically, I mean, I know Rex isn't there yet in Clone Wars, but those last few episodes of season seven, where you have Maul and you can see that he's on a journey himself of, you know, trying to kind of make things right and kind of get back at the emperor for what the emperor had done to him and casting him aside. And also recognizing um, that, you know, things took a terrible turn and that they like Maul kind of realized 
spoiler alert, Rex, sorry, but Maul kind of realized before anybody else did that they were all pawns in this game, um, which is kind of amazing. And he, I think ultimately his ultimate goal, not only was to get back at Obi-Wan, but it was kind of to avenge himself um, to the emperor. And Obi-Wan was just kind of a step on his way there. So from his perspective, it's kind of tragic, tragic that he wasn't able to complete that quest of getting back at the emperor. Um, he, but Obi-Wan was kind of, you know, in his way um, there. It's really, really interesting. I love kind of like looking at things from Maul's um, perception because he's kind of, yeah, he's more of a grayish character um, in the end as instead of just purely evil one. Um, the other thing you were kind of talking about it too with like um, Obi-Wan fighting Maul and kind of all those decisions and him switching between different forms. Um, I think that that little lightsaber, lightsaber battle does so much in just showing how much actually goes into a lightsaber battle that we don't normally see. Um, because not only are they just swinging sticks at each other, but there's, you know the whole mental side of it too, with the force and they're battling each other kind of with the force and, you know, anticipating what's coming and all of this different stuff. And it's a total, not only a physical battle, but a mental one too, between those two people. And this little, you know, battle does a really good job of demonstrating that obviously it wouldn't be possible with all of the lightsaber battles that came before it, but it does a really good job of just demonstrating that mental side of it too because you don't necessarily always get that with all of the other lightsaber battles it always it does kind of just come down to two guys swinging sticks at each other and this is much more than that which is really cool i really feel like you know you can tell that feloni is a fan of the the books because if you read any of the old expanded universe stuff um you know they very much kind of go into detail about lightsaber battles in general and how much it it is a mental fortitude thing you know for the most part that's like the first and foremost thing about it is what it should be um so yeah no that's i, I totally agree with that uh mikey what did what did you appreciate about about twin sons that whole arc in general um well it actually just popped in my head while caleb was talking um about like how pap how like um shoot his name just left my mind not palpatine the red guy maul maul <laughs> how maul was trying to get back at palpatine and that actually just clicked my mind that's why he asked about the chosen one right before he died because he knew that was the only way that he would be able to get back at him is if he knew that there was definitely somebody that will take him down which that makes so much more sense to me now because it I, it made sense why I, to me, in my mind, why he was asking Obi-Wan because he wouldn't know what he was doing there. But that makes even more sense because it kind of fulfilled his journey in a way with that simple question, which is pretty cool. But um, not much else. I think Caleb really touched on most of it that I enjoyed, at least and remembered. It's it's kind of crazy to think that like Maul as a whole, like his entire journey I wish we had the mall we get in the show. I wish we had that in the Phantom Menace because it feels like two completely different people. And sometimes it's kind of hard to connect them for me. Yeah. Cause you know, he does mall has a lot of dialogue in these shows and like had a big part to play. And like, I, I really like that, you know, and I don't know. I just, I just kind of wish 
I'm kind of sad that Maul's gone. You know what I mean? Go ahead, Rex. I agree. I feel like in the the movie, he feels like a totally different person. Like to me, that it's just completely separate. And uh, I don't know. It'd be cool to see him uh, before he goes all crazy. Go ahead. Um, I just think that it's the difference is between a disciplined mall and a mall that's not disciplined and is just letting his anger and revenge kind of go without anybody to reel it in. Um, because in, you know, the Phantom Menace, he's an apprentice. He has to answer to um, Sidious and he can't just let his anger go uncontrolled um, to a certain descent or extent like he has to have it kind of controlled and reeled in um to be a useful tool for Sidious in that situation so it does feel like a different character but I mean I know that if I got my bottom half of my body chopped off and I fell and you know wound up eventually in a dump being stitched back together um you know that would he's like when you find him again when we see him again in clone wars he's like a totally different just mental wreck of a person and it kind of you know it's not that difficult to kind of make that connection that man he just you take you're taking a sith that already is feeding into that hatred but now he's outside of the structure of the sith and that's just going completely to the extreme of everything and now he's letting revenge and all of this animosity build up and then you're getting this kind of crazy character. And it's, I really like his arc both through the clone wars and through this, because you see how much all of his ups and downs. Cause yeah, he is, he's very different than he was in Phantom Menace, but that's because so much has changed for him over well, that period of time. You said something too, like with there's two different people. And I, I don't know if you had said that he was less focused or something like that, but we think about it, you know, Maul was stripped from his from his clan, right? You know, the 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 Night Sisters, or you know, that whole thing. Like he he was chosen, basically, right? So yeah, you have already a feeling of isolation, being stripped away from your clan. Then you got this Sith Lord telling you you're the greatest thing ever, and you're you're going to help him, you know, take over the galaxy. You're going to be the one to be at his side, yada yada yada. Like you are my tool for destruction. You know, you think about him kind of having that that mental fortitude we talked about and like because that that really is what got him so far as we saw in the clone wars you know the strategy like the mental fortitude to like make the right moves and obviously you know savage is kind of what pulled him out of the dark depths and things like that but um he had the the talent right he had the talent to be a super duper powerful ally um to sidious and really be a tool and to his knowledge you know Sidious very well may have been telling him like, no, like you're the one man, like you're going to be the one to like help me take over the galaxy, yada, yada, yada. So whenever he goes into that fight with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, he is literally laser focused. So to be defeated after that, literally all of, (laughs) you know, taking the other thing into consideration of like, he has nothing, literally nothing. And Sidious is probably the only positivity, quote unquote, go ahead. Not only was he defeated, but he was defeated by a Padawan after he had killed that Padawan's master. Yes. Like, how humiliating Very. to get killed by a Padawan. And, you know, it, it, would, it would make so much sense that it would end for him, kind of. Because right at that moment, whenever he gets chopped in half, that's almost kind of like the rebirth of Maul, in a way. Like, a, the Maul we knew, <laughs> he's a different man. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? He's half the man he used to be. <laughs> you know what I mean? After he gets, you know, killed by or, you know, chopped in half by by Obi-Wan. But it, it just his whole story makes so much sense. And at the same time, kind of offers us like a really satisfying character arc. You know what I mean? It's just like, wow, like that character's really been through it. And honestly, he died. He died a good death. Like he died at the hands of Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan was like kind. You know what I mean? Like, I think even even Obi-Wan tries to say something like, you know, there's still time. You don't have to do this. I think he says something like that, if I'm not mistaken. He's like, you don't have to do this. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, R.I.P. Maul. Good character. Good character arc. Makes you like Obi-Wan even more, though, I feel like. Oh, totally. Like, like I, I can't wait to see more of him in a movie or – it's a show, right? Show. Yeah, it's a show. Yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Caleb, we might come back to you, but Mikey, like, what was your, like, favorite moment out of the show? Or these last two seasons, rather. Well, Caleb took the low-hanging fruit, so <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You know me. <laughs> um, to be honest, I mean, Kanan's death, like watching it a second time, like knowing what's gonna happen, he's basically saying goodbye that entire episode, and it's not—it's actually pretty subtle, which is kind of interesting because he's not—it's—it's it's weird, but. I, just that moment, I actually am. I, I like that moment, but I'm also. It, it's kind of makes me curious because is he not blind at the last second? Because like his eyes clear up, but why? It doesn't say. Like nobody explains that because he's show. a G. I mean, I I like that moment. It's like, <gasps> you know, but it's <laughs> at the same fair. time. It, to be fair, it wasn't like he was a bumbling idiot the entire show. Like he was super force adept and yeah. kind of had like a daredevil thing going going on, yeah. right? Where he could kind of see his surroundings. So, you know, we've seen the force heal wounds and we've seen the force like bring people back from the dead. Is it so crazy to think that, you know, a force adept person could in his last moments bring his sight back? You know, I, I don't think it's crazy. I don't, I don't think it's crazy. I just, it was, it just, it's a cool moment. But this, when I think about it, I'm like, did they really need to do that? I don't know. It was, I, I, I'm battling myself at that point. Cause I, I, I like it, but at the same time, I'm like, why though? I don't know. It's weird, but I really like that moment. And just that, that whole episode's pretty cool, especially like the gliders and stuff. And they're just going super stealth. I love that. But I don't know. That's just a really good and the, how they call back to it once he goes into like that portal. And that's a really cool episode, too. But just that moment alone, I think, is is a really good moment for all the characters in the show, because that's like the first like big loss that they all feel. And you're like, whoa, it's getting serious. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that episode in that moment. Rex. Just wanted to touch on that because I feel like I feel like the show kind of needed some more stuff like that to happen and like some more just gripping emotion that you don't get in a, uh, the re the other seasons really to me. And I really liked that episode too. And uh, Kanan's like, <laughs> he's such an edgelord, right? With his haircut. Yeah. <laughs> his last name's doom. <laughs> yeah. He looks like he should be working at a barista or something. 
Yeah, but that <laughs> was really good. I, I like that one too. Yeah, I'm gonna. I have an unpopular opinion, and we can talk about it. I, I thought that the, his death meant a lot. It was cool. Like, I'm not happy that he died, obviously, but I, it served its purpose. It served its purpose. I felt the moment. It was great. Whatever. These last two seasons, I did not feel connected to Kanan at all. Like, at all. Like, I could not connect with him the same way. Like, for for Ezra, who was super relatable, I was like, oh, yeah, this kid's kind of a geek. You know, he's kind of a dweeb, and he's, you know, kind of coming into his own as, like, a a, a solid Jedi. You know, he's, like, developing these, these skills, and, you know, he's, he's a respectable Jedi by the end of the show. That's great. I... I don't know, man. I had a hard time. Did, did, am I am I alone here? If if I if I am alone, I'll shut up. But like, you know, Very how alone. did how did everyone else feel about Kanan? I I feel uh, I think he's probably one of the coolest characters in the show personally because I mean, he was there during Order sixty six and he had to go in hiding, and then totally put away being a jet like that. And then it just shows you him finally coming into it. And at the very last second, you see how powerful of a Jedi he actually was the whole time. And then, like, it's over. I think that's really power. That's kind of like Obi-Wan in a way, where he, except he was powerful the whole time. But, I mean, at the last second of his life, it's kind of a theme with Jedi. And I, I just, I think it was really well done with his character. And I really enjoyed it. And, like, how he's he's conflicted. It's not like... It's not like he didn't want to put away being a Jedi. He wanted to, like at like at the beginning, you know, and how he didn't yeah. care. He didn't want to be a Jedi anymore. But then Kinda he's like, himself oh, off. oh wait, I this I this is what I meant to do. Like I I think it's re- I really like that. But yeah, it's interesting. That you know, I'm not discrediting that. I think that's fine. And I'm yeah. not. Uh, there's no like other instance where i'm like oh and i'm not saying i hate it or anything like that i'm just i feel nothing like i just feel like okay is it is it because it's overplayed maybe a little bit i think so and here here's the thing too it's, it's that's like star the, order, wars. the order 66 thing you know like oh he yeah. was there and it's like so i played jedi fallen order and it's like okay so all that stuff happened to cal right so i think maybe that had kind of like I don't know, like that that didn't mean as much to me because i feel like we've seen that so many times already you know and mm. You know, so I, I I don't know, like I, I like he would do cool things and, you know, like the fact that he could, was so aware of his surroundings and could do the things that he could do with the force. Like we've never seen a Jedi do any of that before. So like that was cool. I'm not saying that the things that he did that he did weren't cool, like because they were for sure. Um, I just think like after he loses his sight, like I just kind of disconnected with him, you know, and I just couldn't really. I, I just couldn't I couldn't. I couldn't empathize with him, you know, anymore. Cause it's like, I don't know. It, 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 call me crazy. You know, and I'm, I'm not saying it, it's not like I loved his arc. And I, 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 like I said, I think his death served its purpose. I felt the thing, you know, that, that was it's like, Oh, like that sucks. But it was more for the thing of like, Oh wow. Like Harris heartbroken now, you know, what are we, what is the team going to do? You know, like their fearless leader, like it's gone now. Yeah. But I don't know. in in that moment, he's just kind of felt, not the same since the first two seasons for me, you know, and, and that's just, that's just my opinion. I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't side one way or the other. I'm kind of like right in the middle. Caleb, mm-hmm. you were doing a lot of nodding. You have anything to add to that? Yeah. I think that 
Kanan's arc is actually like throughout the entire show is actually pretty realistic and is pretty cool. Um, basically because you kind of see him in the beginning of Rebels where he's, you know, this Jedi, but he's not really, you know, wanting to be that, you know, and he's not really comfortable with it and he's hiding it. And, you know, him having Ezra kind of as a de facto Padawan and him kind of accepting that responsibility is not only as, you know, training Padawan, but it's also training him. And by the end of season two, um, where, you know, they have the battle with Maul and Maul blinds him, like Kanan was kind of at his peak and he was on the up and up, like basically through the whole first two seasons. And then he gets blinded and it's a major setback, a major stumble. And now Kanan has to recover from it. And it's really kind of a cool little arc because he has like this major adversity that is super, super difficult for him to get through. And I think that's relatable to a lot of people that, you know, where they've been in a tough place and they started climbing up out of that hole and then they slip and they stumble and they fall. But then they have to get up again and then start all over and deal with the consequences of whatever had caused them to fall. But, you know, I think it's kind of relatable in that way because it showed it wasn't like your normal arc where you're just constantly working to improve and nothing bad happens. It's like this terrible thing happened to him and he still had to dig himself up from potentially an even lower place than when we had found him. And I thought that was really cool that they did that. And I, I like Kanan's character a lot. He's a really cool character that, I mean, I wish we had gotten more time with, but his death, I mean, I thought it was really appropriate, really self-sacrificing. It was really meaningful. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's all good stuff. I, yeah, I appreciate you, you know, going into that. And I agree, like in terms of he's lower than when we found him, I think that's 100% true, but I think his mental, again, it's kind of like dueling Maul a little bit, like in a way it's the same thing that happened to Maul, but you know, like he had the, he had the mental fortitude to like ground himself and be like, okay, how, how can I get better? You know, how can I, you know, move on from here? Go ahead, Mikey. Um, yeah, I feel like that's uh, everything that Caleb just said. He's probably the most real realistic character in the show. Like what he was saying. Cause uh, people always say people don't change. I don't think that's true. People do change. Like they mature and, based off what experiences and or what like like what good or bad things have happened to them he's so he he reminds me of obi-wan to be honest in that last bit of his life because he's like he knows what he's doing so he doesn't have to be all like kind of he reminds me of uh, nathan drake from uncharted at the beginning of the show where he's just like ha, you know like he's he's pretty happy with what he's doing because he's just shut off that part of his life. But as soon as it comes back and he's like, okay. And then his his, he completely changes that character. And I, I, I just, I love that character development. I, I think it's, he, I forget who says this, but he's like, he's become a, I forget what episode it was, but they're talking about him, like becoming a Jedi and like having, he's acting like a Jedi because he is a Jedi at the end, you know? And I, I think that's why he has such a character change. And I, maybe that's your problem with him because he is completely different, like at the very end. But I don't I think it's a good thing, personally. And he ends up getting knighted at some yeah. point. Yeah, too, which is like a huge thing for him, because that's the thing, too, is when Order 66 stuck, he was a, struck, he was a kid. Yeah, he and never he became had, a master. Yeah, he never became a knight or a master. He's still just a Padawan. So he got knighted basically just on his own 
like by his own training and everything, which is like an incredibly cool little arc that he was able to do it. He was able to make all of that progress by himself and do it, which is, I thought was really cool too. Yeah. I feel like this character reminded me more of Anakin than anybody. Um, like, but what if Anakin had actually made good decisions? First of all, like he sounds a lot like Anakin from Clone Wars. Um, like they sound a lot alike. And just like kind of like what you were saying, Mikey, like kind of like that hot headed behavior in the beginning of the show, like totally, totally like kind of like the Jedi thing of, okay, we're going to get in there and take care of business, you know, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And then kind of reforming, you know, after that and then having more signs of maturity and things like that. That's fine. You know, I think it, it was kind of that thing like what you were saying, Mikey, it's like, oh, well, it's Star Wars. Yeah, I, I, I had a hard time. I was more interested in the other things going on in the show than I was Kanan's arc, but I understand, I see, it's one of those things, like, I can see the value there, and I could see how, for a lot of people, it would mean a lot, but for me, I just could not tap into it, you know, so, you know, it's mm-hmm. unfortunate, but I was still sad when he died, you know, I was like, God, that freaking sucks, and here's another thing, too, um, we're gonna keep on talking about good stuff, this is one thing that kind of made me maybe feel out of touch with Kanan a little bit, was the whole wolf thing, like, the whole doom you know force wolf arc you know and i get it like they're they're in tune with the force but i was talking i was thinking about this it's like i wish there was more left unknown about the force like i wish they would stop trying to throw in elements and stop trying to explain things and just let it be ambiguous in the way of like what what is the force you know and like what does it do it's like it surrounds all living things okay cool it's a you know it's a it's a force that whatever you know and the idea of it and I think like him being directly connected, I think I had more questions after realizing this. Okay. Well, what does it, what does it have to do with him being connected to the wolves? You know what I mean? Like, I, did I miss something? Did they ever explain that? Or can someone help me here? I think it's kind of like the, um, the owl that always follows Ahsoka around, like the daughter, like the light side, the daughter of the force kind of how like, it just depends on who it is and when like stuff happens to them. Like he died while they were interacting with those and they thought that they used him to like guide him and how that owl with Ahsoka too kind of guides her in a way. I feel like that's what they were trying to play off with that because they, they blatantly put the owl in the show too. So yeah, that's, that's where I think they were coming from. Go ahead, Caleb. Yeah. And mine is kind of a bigger theory with, maybe it might just be totally off base, but me just kind of thinking about it is like, we know the wolves are kind of in tune with the force and, you know, we know the whole thing with star Wars is trying to bring back balance to the force or to do that. You need the emperor to be defeated in the end. I don't think that the um, battle or, or the war between the rebel Alliance and the empire goes or ends with the rebel alliance winning if thrawn is not out of the picture so thrawn needs to be defeated and all of the events that lead up to thrawn basically being defeated at the end of rebels um you know everything that goes into that needed to happen for a reason and i think kanan was having that realization at the end right before he sacrificed himself that he was going to have to make a sacrifice so that thrawn would be defeated 
And I think then Ezra recognized that he needed to do the same thing so that Thrawn would be defeated. And that kind of goes in line with like what I'm reading in the books about Thrawn. Like Thrawn is just so much farther and more intelligent than anybody else in the Empire. And he recognized too that if they, the Empire had a decision of how they were going to use their resources to basically control the galaxy. They were either going to rule by fear by having a Death Star or they were going to have a better advantage. Thrawn's whole thing is the TIE Defenders. He wants to have TIE Defenders because he recognizes that's a better way of controlling the galaxy and having a strong Navy. He recognizes that just having a Death Star isn't enough. And Thrawn is really close to getting his way, but he ended up not getting his way. And the TIE Defender pro project ends up basically you know, completely exploding because the rebels win on Lethal and Thrawn gets defeated. And because of that, that opens the door for the rest of the Rebel Alliance to be able to just focus on the Death Star. They don't have to deal with it. And it ends with the Empire getting defeated. And I think that like the wolves and anything else that's in tune with the Thors or even like, you know, could be Bindu or whatever, recognizing that big picture of like, if we're going to get there, we're going to have to help these ones play their part in this huge puzzle of a thing so that this specific thing can go that way and it's going to end up way down the line resulting in balance to the force being restored. I know that's super big picture, but I think that's kind of where I'm but at with that it. makes sense. See, that makes sense to me. Like the idea of like the force being some sort of on omnipotent force that surrounds the entire galaxy and the Jedi and the Sith are not the ones that it's meant for to be used. It's just a thing that's there. That's great because the conflict, then the conflict between the Jedi and the Sith makes complete sense. Cause it's like, of course you guys are fighting because you're using this thing that does not belong to you for your own selfish reasons at the end of the day. The Sith think that what the Jedi doing is doing is wrong. The, you know, what the Jedi think the Sith are doing is wrong. Go ahead, Mikey. Yeah, and it's kind of the same thing with the whales. The, the whales at the end of the show, like, that, they're obviously communicating with, like, you know, like, they wouldn't just show up and be like, all right, let's just teleport a random ship and grab this one guy. Like, they're, like... It, I love what they did with like animals. Like it, it totally shows that it is for everything and not just for one or two people or even a group of people. Like, and that, that's, that's going to play so well into upcoming stuff. Cause I, I'm just super excited to see what they do in, in the future. If, if they do end up connecting this show, which it seems like they will, but Ahsoka is literally going to be the sequel to rebels. Like, I yeah, think, yeah, I want to, I want to see more of that with, with animals to be honest i think that's really cool like because well, in, yeah. instead of being just a bunch of people fighting you it's you have to worry about everybody if you're going against the force and like causing a disturbance because then everything be like what it, it's like um kind of the what oh man i forgot what movie it is like this guy it's like <sighs> i'm trying to make a reference that you i have, don't remember you, you have derailed <laughs> yeah Aquaman. like when uh it's like it's okay i don't know the movie don't remember what scene but like a guy's oh, eating boy. at a restaurant and he's like yeah you're not supposed to be here and like everybody at the restaurants look at him and like stops what they're doing and then just continues like nothing's going on oh inception maybe yeah yeah like yeah, yeah. exactly but yeah. like that will will be what the force is to somebody who's doing something wrong like the sith or the jedi like going against what it's meant for like i think that would be really interesting to have everything including animals and people like that'd be cool but anyways, sorry, I digress. 
No, no, you're fine. And I, Rex, I want to get to you in a second. And and I'm glad Caleb shared that because Caleb's reading the books. And to me, you know, and, and this is honestly, this is where my, my biggest critique of Star Wars comes in is don't make us have to consume everything to get yeah. the full picture. It's like, oh, you didn't get that? You, you didn't play Jedi Fallen? It's like, I don't want to freaking play Jedi Fallen Order right now. Like, I, it doesn't interest me. <laughs> I'm not into it. I don't want to be forced to play it to get the story. So, like... That's my biggest thing right now, because like as watching as watching the show and I'm like, what is going like, what is going on? I'm trying to think about it. It's like, okay, I get how like, you know, the wildlife side like kind of plays into the forest, but there's no concrete meaning within the show. And whenever you have to go to somewhere else to get a resolution to the thing that is directly present, that is that is bad. That isn't I wish Ryan was here because he would say like it's probably not good, you know, and and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just a wannabe. Right. But just in that moment and and now, you know, having Caleb explain it, that's, that's great. That makes total sense. And that's, that's probably the case. Right. So go ahead, Caleb. I will say this. I mean, I don't think that you have to read the books necessarily to get the point that Thrawn is a mastermind and that the tie defenders are very important to what the empire is going to do. Cause they, they really hit that, like are nailing that in seasons three and four of rebels. Like they go through that quite a bit. Um, it's just kind of reinforced in the books even more so because it brings in a whole political dynamic that's more detailed and more adult than it is in this show that's made for children. But um, I think that you can still get that sense just from watching this. Um, and I also say that when you have a universe in a world that is as big as Star Wars, it's going to be really difficult Like in being picky and what you read and then like when you don't get the answer to a specific question that you ask and then just being i don't know it's really tough to write it in a way to where you don't have to all where you're like well i could find the answer over here i could find the answer over here it's really weird to just stay within one little part of that and feel like content it's kind of the problem with star wars like and you can do it. It's just like, if you're going to get more detailed about like your analysts of it and really diving into the world more, it's like that kind of almost requires that you, you know, open up a book or a comic or play an extra video game or watch an extra series to get some of those questions answered. Cause you're wanting more information than what that one, you know, medium is telling you. Yeah. And that's fine. Like that, that's fine. Whenever you have to do that, I'm just saying it. It's it's hard to make that transition. You know, I think whenever traditionally we had X amount of content to talk about, and even within that amount of content, there was only so many different avenues that you could go. Where it's like, okay, these are the grander schemes, this is the bigger picture, yada yada yada. When you start adding more elements and adding more characters, and then adding more elements to the idea of what the force is, you know, we have all these different things coming at us from all these different directions. You know, it it can be. It, it's more of a frustration of I, I don't have time to keep up, you know, and that's that's the hard thing. So it's as a Star Wars fan watching it, it's like, OK, I, I want to know what this means. But then I also wear the hat of, OK, what is your you know, what's a kid going to think of this? Like, what is a kid going to be thinking about these bigger themes and like what this means? And I mean, if a child can piece it together, then I must be pretty stupid because to me, I just, you know, go ahead, Rex. That's one thing I kind of don't like about it is like that good stuff is hidden in this whole season you know and a lot of this season a lot of these seasons i didn't care about a lot of the episodes except for those key moments and that that's kind of like my whole problem with the whole rebels in general is like 
I don't care about most of the episodes. And maybe that's because I'm not really drawn to the characters or I'm not like relating with the characters. And um, whereas with Clone Wars, like, you know, I like Anakin and Obi-Wan already. So I have, it already has that going for it. So I don't know. Man, I'm the complete opposite. I, I, lo- I love Anakin and Obi-Wan. I did not care about their characters in Clone Wars at all. Like, that was my biggest problem with that show. But that's interesting, the, the difference. Mm. Yeah, and that's why we have four people on this podcast so we can bring different ideas to the table and talk about it. And it's never yeah, a thing yeah. of, yeah, and it's never a thing of like, oh, I feel this way, you're wrong. It's not like, that's like, that's an interesting yeah. take. I didn't think about it that way, you know? And that's that's literally what we're all bring, bringing to the table. Go ahead, Rex. Yeah, I just mean like, I didn't connect with the characters very well. I think even from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's probably why I don't like, really love this um show i like it and it has like things that i want to know and learn about and obviously i love thrawn i think he's one of the biggest uh things that i like about this um show and um my favorite uh one of my favorite parts is the uh last episode when they have all the Imperials, Ezra has them all, or they have them all like captured or whatever. And uh, Thrawn kind of just like turns the tables on them. And he's like, oh, he kind of shows like how, it kind of shows like that evil side of Thrawn where he's willing to do anything to get his purpose, you know? And he just starts bombing the city. <laughs> and I thought that was a really good moment. And besides the other ones that Caleb and uh, uh, Mikey touched on. The thing, and I'm going to piggyback off of you, Rex, too, because I think it was your turn to talk about what your favorite part was anyways. Like, Thrawn in this show, to me, is exactly how Thrawn was in the Timothy Zahn books. But they did a better, they did a better job of simplifying it in the show. Um, and I'm talking about, like, the original Thrawn trilogy, not the new Thrawn trilogy. Because in the, the original Thrawn trilogy, um, which started the expanded universe of Star Wars novelization, Thrawn is literally the thing that resurrects like the would be empire. Like he has all of these ideas set out in place and Caleb totally hit it on the head, like way more intelligent than pretty much everybody, you know, within the empire. And probably, I mean, you'd think that he had some force ability, you know, with, with the way he could think about things and the way he could plan things. And, you know, in general, Caleb, are you frozen? No. (laughs) Oh, you looked like you were frozen. I was like, good God. Um, Go ahead, Rex. I have a bunch or a little bit to say about that, too. Um, for one, seeing Rebels and what Thrawn is doing in this has kind of made me appreciate a bit of what he's doing in the novels um, a bit more. Because I'm, I'm reading, I'm still on the second book, but even the first one kind of shows like what Thrawn is doing, like what his whole goal and purpose is. And so I really like that. And I also liked that they touched on, you know, the old Timothy's on Thrawn. And uh, they even showed, like, you know, that what's the gray guy that kind of like attacks them? Rook. He's, isn't he based on the old trilogy Thrawn where they have those gray creatures? They don't really talk too much. They were, they're, yeah, they're like a a greenish gray reptilian and uh, they 
totally botched Rook in this show, just saying. But anyways. Yeah, but is he like based off of those? Yeah. Well, he's supposed to be, you know, he, okay. they use the same name and like the same idea. Like he's like kind of Thrawn's right hand man, assassin, like go getter type thing. Kind of, kind of like Thrawn's Darth Vader of sorts. It's kind of what yeah. was. Yeah. I never finished those original trilogies, but I remember those guys. Uh, and also the like reptile like things. You see the statue of them at the end, I think, or in one of the last episodes. Like, you know, the reptiles in the, the, the trilogy, like snake things, the old that trilogy thing. has like two statues of these like chameleon looking things. Yeah. And uh, I think they're in the old Thrawn trilogy too, where they're like, they cancel out the force. They're like these creatures that cancel out the force. Yeah. But I like that they touched on the old Thrawn and kind of brought a lot of aspects from those, uh, you know, before Disney canceled them. I know that, um, yeah, the their appearance shows up. I don't know if that's what it's actually supposed to be, um, like if the, in reference to, but like even on the bottom of Thrawn Star Destroyer, the Chimera, yeah. it has like that like design on it, which is super super cool. It's such a cool little little touch. Yeah, but it is a throwback to that. I'm not 100 percent sure, but that's what I like to think. Yeah, yeah. I could get into a whole like rant about that, so I'm not going to, but whole another podcast, whole other discussion. Um, Thrawn is awesome in this show for sure. Mm -hmm. And like they could have done so, like he got a ton of screen time, which was awesome. And they could have done so much more, like touched on it so much more. But you know, they were obviously they were going to write novels about it, you know, and do that thing. So if you want more of that, there's novels there. But yeah, it's awesome. Go ahead, Rex. And you get the thing like he never, he never really loses, even though he like yes. loses at the end of this. But obviously, we know that he he didn't really lose. Like, you know, yeah. That that's one of the things I was going to note on too is that both times that Thrawn kind of gets his comeuppance, it's because of something in the Force that he had did not have any control over, whether it was the Pearl Pergil at the end or the Bindu on. The, at the end of season three like it, both of those times like Thrawn had executed everything basically perfectly and was getting his way and then just like you know some out of the blue crazy thing happened and it ruined everything which like, is the whale really cool testament to his character like the whales show up and he's like like you know like he's straight face but you know he's like I, they're not going to show any emotion like He's probably like, oh, oh, oh my God, you know, like, whales, really, yeah, literally. <laughs> space whales, the flip. Yeah, he never gets pissed. No, he doesn't. He doesn't show any emotion. That was one of the things too. Like whenever he was fighting the the Death Troopers, right, and like just doing like hand to hand with them, I was like, God, he's just such a freaking cool character. So cool. Uh, yeah, I, I love Thrawn, and it's. I'm glad you brought up that uh, that that you know that moment. And he doesn't. He doesn't even have like. A ton of combat training but he has some i think that the books talk about when he's mm -hmm. like training and stuff so he yeah i think it's like the first i think it's isn't there one before the trilogy actually starts that explains like where he came from i think that's the one i've read yeah i've read that one it's it's, it's really pretty good. interesting i like yeah. it yeah yeah um my favorite moment was the same as Caleb's twin sons. Um, mm. I think that's the obvious one. It's my favorite part of the entire show. There were some pretty cool moments though. Like for instance, the whole Mandalorian war 
you know, that yep. was super duper cool. It's kind of cool to see Sabine kind of come into her own as a warrior, even more so cool to see Bo-Katan. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was nice to see Hera. I really like Hera. Like, I don't know. Like I like her character. I, I thought, she was, she, I thought cool. she was cool. Um, I thought it was super cool that her and Kanan were kind of always, it was kind of like a firefly type situation. It kind of felt fire firefly esque to me. And I kind of liked that they kind of danced around that, you know, pretty much the entire show. Yeah. Um, you know, go ahead, Mikey. Their relationship always confused me. Cause I didn't realize like the first time I watched it that they weren't actually together until like the last season. I was like, wait, I thought you guys were actually like together this whole time. Cause he wasn't a Jedi. So I figured, but then they're like, I love you. I was like, wait, huh? <laughs> but yeah. it was, I still, I, yeah, she's a really cool character. Yeah. I, I like, I like, I like they, could, guys. <laughs> <laughs> they could easily put her in the Mandalorian. Like, oh, so for easy. sure. Especially like, you know, she has a kid, like she has Kanan's kid. Yeah, like dude. there's a story to explore with that. You know, I thought they set the end up really nice, nice and open, you know, for what's to come in the future, especially like for, yep. Um, you know, Sabine and uh, Ahsoka are going to be on the hunt for, you know, Ahsoka wants to get in touch with Thrawn and Sabine wants to get in touch with Ezra. So, yep. you know, what else, what else is the show going to be about? I, I don't, you know, I can't see it being anything else other than that. Um, there, I felt like there was another thing too. There were, there were some things that I wasn't crazy about in these last two seasons and we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. And, you know, we'll kind of get to our negatives before we wrap this up and score this. But overall, you know, there was a lot of cool things that happened, you know, the Mandalorian war, uh, you know, everything with, you know, Ezra's entire journey. Ezra is a super cool character, like just kind of seeing him uh, from the beginning, you know, kind of coming to his own and like having to struggle with like kind of the dark side tendencies and, you know, the whole thing with his parents and then the portal, like whenever he pulls a soak out and that totally answers the question as to like what happened in the fight between Vader and Ahsoka, like, Oh, cause Ezra literally pulled her through a time warp and you know, Vader's like, what is going on? You know, <laughs> like he just yeah. walks away, you know, it makes total sense at that point because they set it up in such a way. Um, there's a lot of cool things that happen in these last two seasons, you know, and, I like how, like, and one thing in particular, the thing, you know, everything with the dark saber, the dark saber holds such a gravitas in general, and we know what the story is behind it, but yet they didn't have to make as big of a deal with it. And this, and this show, I mean, it was still a big deal, but they didn't make as big of a deal with it in this show because we'd already seen that in the last series, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I did think it was interesting though. They made a big deal at the end of Mando about how, you know, Mando couldn't give her the dark saber, but uh, Sabine literally gives Bo-Katan the dark saber, you know, in this show. So that, you know, that, that, that theory can get tossed out the door. You know it's what I mean? Minor, like, I feel like it's not a big deal. Yeah. It yeah. shouldn't be a big deal, but you know, whatever. Anyways, really cool moments. Now, as far as things that we weren't crazy about, do we have any, first of all, Caleb, I want to throw it to you. Um, my biggest thing, and probably the only thing I'll mention is just, I wish we had seen more of kind of like a resolution with Vader, um, at the end of this, cause we get that the season end of season two, like where Vader's, you know, walking out of the destroyed, you know, Sith temple. And then we never really see him again. I mean, we see him in season four, but it's flashing back to that battle between him and Ahsoka. And then like, we're supposed to just kind of believe, I mean, we, in the books, Vader meets up with Thrawn 
immediately after the events in season three and him and Vader and Thrawn go on a whole like adventure together in between seasons three and four of rebels. I wish that we had gotten Vader because I mean, it's kind of weird that Vader would just allow two Jedi to just roam around and just keep doing all this stuff um, and not pay them any mind when he still does have inquisitors. And, you know, that's supposed to be Vader's mission is hunting down all of those Jedi. It's just weird not to get any more of him and not to kind of get any more payoff with him. That's my only real complaint. I think too, you kind of see the emperor's, uh, not, you know, wisdom because he probably sensed that Vader was going to try and overthrow him at some point. So it would have made a lot of sense for him to actually be utilizing Thrawn's abilities and being like, okay, Vader may not be a problem, but Thrawn is like super duper loyal to me. And there's potential, you know, there's potential for me to get another jet. Go ahead, Caleb. Well, another thing, the Thrawn's loyalty is constantly in question. And again, this is just totally probably not. It's not something that's in Rebels at all, but Thrawn's loyalty to the Empire is constantly in question really so in the books yeah huh yeah hmm thought you read that trilogy gabe i read the first one the first trilogy oh and gotcha. he's he's totally not that way in those books he's like no but he, it, he well he it's not the, it's not it's not on thrawn it's everybody else thinks that like he's not gonna be he's not loyal but he's his loyalty is constantly in question it's not that he's not actually disloyal Gotcha. So it's like the perception that he might be not quite what he seems. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, you wanted more Vader. That was yeah. that was like the only thing that you were missing. Yeah, basically. I mean, that's the only real complaint I have with this. I mean, it's a kids show, and there's going to be filler in there from time to time. But again, I mean, I still can have fun with filler episodes, and that's how like all tv works other than like that top like one percent of like really 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 good television like i mean that's kind of what tv is so it's uh it's fine <laughs> yeah well said mikey um story wise i mean not a whole lot really bugged me too much i mean you know what really bugged me? What the heck happened to Ezra's hair? That is the worst haircut I've ever seen on a human being ever. Even an anime. It's so bad. Like a buzz. I, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. it, I, I thought it was a buzz, but it doesn't look like a buzz because it looks like a Ken doll where you can't see any scalp. So I didn't know if it was like slicked really hard or buzzed. I didn't like it. I Every time I saw his character in these last couple of seasons, I was like, Dude, what? Why? What is up with your head? It looks like Sputnik. <laughs> Just trying to be different, Mikey. Yeah, I don't know. Haircut at the end is hilarious. Who's that? Kanan's haircut at the end is just hilarious. Yeah. Dude, I was like, I was so, I was so mad about that. Honestly, I was like, <laughs> really? you look like an idiot. <laughs> and if I'm saying like, that, why? if I'm saying that, it's like, they explain why. He's blind. <laughs> no, no, he did like, it himself. Like why he cuts his hair? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, I, don't, yeah, I have I no really idea. Was that remember. it? Was that it for you, Mikey? 
Yeah, I mean, nothing's really coming off the top of my head like that. I just hated just his hair, his haircut. Just hated his hair. I hated. I hated his hair. I hated it. One th- dude, this does probably have like a couple of my favorite lightsabers in this show, though. Like Ezra's light green lightsaber. I love how they did like kind of a nod to the original films where it's like super skinny. Like it like because they use that reflective tape on the original film. So it looked like a really thin piece of like I love that his lightsaber looked like that. That was so cool. Like all I all I can think of is like good things. I can't really nothing jumps out to me as bad things in the show, really. Maybe the whale thing at the end. That was a bit much. The whale like, and, and Bendu. I, I didn't like Bendu. I liked Bendu. The whales Bindu. were the whales were uh, the very last second of the whales was cool, but everything else I was like, really? Okay. It's still cool, but I would have much rather had it be like I mean, I guess it would have meant less. I mean, I understand, you know, like Bendu's like the guardian of Lethal or whatever. But I don't know. I feel like it's a kid show, you know, it's, it's hard to like knock it too much. Yeah. It just, I didn't really care for it. I would have rather had it been like, okay, there can be a guardian of the planet, make it a Jedi, like throw a twist in there. Like, you know, give us a Jedi or something like that. But I guess, well, we want to make it something I think making different. an animal was the twist. Kind of. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like, that's voiced by one of the original doctors, right? Doctor who? Like Doctor who. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Whovian, so I wouldn't know that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it would have been kind of crazy to like, what if one of the Inquisitors, and I guess the thing, one thing I did like about something they did in the show is like whenever the, one of the, like the Grand Inquisitors fighting Kanan, you know, in his mm-hmm. vision or whatever, like that was cool. It would have been kind of cool to see uh, um, like maybe a Jedi that we know be like a guardian of Lethal or something like that. Like maybe, you know, I don't know. I, there's just, I just didn't, I just, more than I just didn't like Bendu. Literally could have done anything else with Bendu and I would have been happy, you know, but anyways. Mm. Rex, was there anything that you just didn't really care for about the show? I mean, I think I already kind of said what I didn't like and touched on that. Um, but yeah, just, I think my main issue was just not being able to get into it and uh, really connect with the characters and i think maybe if i was i saw this when i was younger i think i probably would have liked it more just with it being a kid's show and everything like that but i don't think there's a ton of negatives story-wise and what they did with the story i think that's all great and it's all good um but yeah it's, it's a little hard to get past some of the uh the filler but again that's that's a lot of shows so yeah, well said, Mikey. Something that I just thought of, it, it's kind of an Ethan thing, but the ghost ship design, I did not like that at all. It never looked right, you know? Like, yeah. you kind of looked at it and you're like, that doesn't look like a ship. It look, it, That doesn't, like, kind of. it's kind of like the Millennium Falcon thing. Like, I like the Millennium Falcon. It's an icon- iconic, but it doesn't really look like a ship. Like, that's the same kind of feeling I got with the ghost where I was like, that doesn't look like it should be that agile, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, go, ahead. go ahead, Rex. <clears throat> I think Caleb was first. Go ahead. Go ahead, Caleb. Oh, I was just going to say, I think it's supposed to be a cross between the Millennium Falcon and uh, the Firefly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's literally what it is. <laughs> yeah. I liked that it had a lot of utility to it. Um, mm-hmm. It was very versatile, and I think that's what they're going for. 
but yeah, it didn't look the best. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I just didn't care. Honestly, very little <laughs> could, could, could have cared less. I didn't even think about the ship design. Honestly, I was like, Oh, the ship. Cool. Like whatever. Really, I liked that. I liked the ship. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I don't really think about like, I mean, I don't know. Like it, if it works, it works. You know what I mean? But that's funny. If Ethan listens to this, he's probably going to get a good laugh of that. He'll probably text you about it. Cause you guys are, you're all, you're all a part of his podcast. You're going to leave the wannabe crit podcast and go be on age of geek. Cause that's so much better over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. No, you better not ever leave me Mikey. I'll kill you. No, I won't. I won't. I, won't. I really won't. Actually, if you did, that'd be kind of cool if you did, but cause then we wow. could, you know, we could get someone else. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, there were not really a ton of things that I, there were like little nitpicky things like Bendu, whatever. A um, couple other things. The big, one of the biggest things for me is why is every time we see Saw Gerrera, why was he just like a psychopath the entire time? His character, dude. Is he like that in Rogue One? Did I miss something? Uh-huh. Yeah, he's, he's an extremist, he's just, man. He's just old then. He can't do what he used to. Man, yeah, I he's just a total have, extremist. I just, man, I just totally missed that. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the, that just goes to show how many, how much I've paid attention in Rogue One, which I'm not crazy about either. Go ahead, Caleb. I loved in those couple of episodes there with the uh, Geonosin. How the Geonosin is trying to tell them that they're building the uh, Death Star. He's like drawing the circle within a circle. And they're like, oh, it's his egg. It's his baby. And they're, it's like, no, they were building the Death Star there, which is a callback to uh, Attack of the Clones. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah. But uh, uh, it's just like they were building the Death Star. There. <laughs> He's yeah. trying to tell you, you idiots. <laughs> yeah. Best part. I liked oh. the uh, the callback that Tarkin did. He was he he was talking to some general and he was like, does anybody know about Operation Stardust? which is a reference mm. to Rogue One, which I really, I thought that was cool. I caught, I caught that this time. I was like, oh, they did. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't even think about that. Dude, the last time we reviewed Rogue One. I love that movie. Got the album right I, like, I liked it more. And, you know, it'll be interesting whenever we actually start diving into our Star Wars episodes more. I, I don't remember hardly anything about it because again, it was just one of those things. Like everyone talks about how cool rebels is and like how cool Canaan is and yada, yada, yada. And I couldn't connect with Canaan. I don't connect with rogue one, like at all. Like there's some cool stuff for sure. And it's frustrating. Cause I wish I did, but I just don't go ahead, Rex. Me and Mikey agree on something. I love rogue one too. I love oh, rogue man. one too, man. It's awesome. No, that's fine. And there's no like picky reason other than I just don't like it. I just don't. I'm like, cool like i don't know i i guess i i guess the star wars that i just really love i just really love but if i can't get into it i just you know it's not i'm not saying you're wrong for whatever i just i'm frustrated that i can't that i can't be one of you but you know i love that they committed to them all dying at the end yes yep that like, yeah. is what it, makes it good right yeah yeah Can I'm we so just have Gabe? yeah 
Yeah, you guys can literally just do your own Rogue One episode. I'll just sign out. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, you want to? You guys, you guys just go ahead right. and do it. All you right. know what? Better yet, we'll get we'll get Ethan on, and you guys can there we go. speak out about it together. He can commandeer, <laughs> just like how on retro reviews every every time we get on retro, I, I listen to the retro reviews episodes. Rex and Caleb are like, "God, Gabe sucks. He's such a freaking horrible host. He has the worst takes. I hate him. He sucks." And I'm like, "Oh, those guys." <laughs> I don't think we said that much. No, it was. I was funny enough. I was listening to that episode and I was like in the tub listening to it. Like, and as soon as it happened, I was like, like, what? The-? I was like, I've got hurt feelings. I like had my glass of wine in the bathtub while I'm listening to that episode. I'm like, what the heck? It was like kind of, yeah, you know, what the heck? Yeah, it was just we kind of a, a funny, a funny picture to paint for you. You know what I mean? So there's that. But no, I'm, I'm excited to go through Rogue One again. I'm, I'm, my Star Wars palette is being refined, guys. Maybe I'll be on your, maybe I'll be on your level, one day. I don't know. We'll see. Can you um, just say, like, um, on the record, that you would rather watch Rise of Skywalker than Rogue One? I would Oof. rather watch. I would rather watch Rise of Skywalker and uh, The Last Jedi. I would rather watch, literally anything else. I would rather we re- rewatch this uh, series than have to watch Rogue One. Quick question. Okay. Thank you. Solo or Rogue One? Kind of one, kind of one and the same. I mean, I, I like Solo. Huh, really? Cool. I Dude, don't I hate. That. I don't hate those movies. I don't hate them. I'm not saying that. Man. I just they're not my favorite. They're not even close to being my favorite. I would here put it to you this way: I would rather watch Attack of the Clones than watch Solo or Rogue One. It's funny. The only two movies that I know that Gabe doesn't like, I have both of the soundtracks, and I love both of them. <laughs> Like what? What? That's what awesome. two movies? Solo and Rogue One. Oh. I love those. Are like two of my favorite Star Wars movies. I like both I, of those movies a lot too. I probably Solo gets like way them, too much hate. I probably like. I'm not hating on. It. I probably like them the same amount as I like the Clone or Attack of the Clones. I probably like them as well. Much. You saying that basically means that you hate him. Wow. I don't That's know, man. Low bar. Yeah. That's we'll crazy. see. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Attack of the Clones way more this past time I watched it. So we'll see what happens this next time. What's crazy, I'm I'm, I'm interested to see what we think of the prequels after going through the Clone Wars. You know what I mean? So Attack of the Clone. Which one is that? Which one is that? Episode two. Two? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Episode two with, uh, you know, the weird sand scene. Uh, It's rough. It's coarse. It gets everywhere. It's irritating. I'm going to go back through our old Phantom Menace episode and just bring out all the same points. <laughs> just roast it alive. Oh, my God. Yeah, I can't wait. It'll be fun. Gentlemen, is there, any, is there anything else we need to talk about before we actually wrap this episode up? Did we miss anything? Go ahead, Caleb. Uh, ratings? I mean, we're going to rate it, obviously, but is there anything you wanted to oh. specifically bring out? Um, I just wanted to say I, I really like season three, like in its entirety. Um, I again, I think we already have said that this has filler, but I actually enjoyed a lot, a lot of the filler there. I liked all the stuff with uh, Sabine, um, and you know, with Mandalore. I thought all that stuff was really cool. I liked the episode where, um, basically they were having to fight the like droids. Um, that was cool um i liked the beginning of it with ezra's kind of on the dark side that was awesome um and i love the episode where it's uh i think it's called through imperial eyes where it like starts out and it's from callus's perspective i like that episode a lot too and kind of the whole idea of like 
his kind of character development and growth. We haven't really talked about Callus at all, but yeah, how he's you know kind of realized like, yeah, I know Rex, I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> uh, uh Callus, but yeah, I don't know. It's just an interesting character like development and something kind of different, I guess, of him. You know, because how how many like defectors from the Empire did we know of before like Finn? Like, oh, that's and, true. Yeah. So like, it, it's kind of cool for someone to actually you know defect from that. It's, it was interesting. So I don't know. I, I really like season three. Um, it's probably my favorite season of Rebels, but that's just me. I agree. I think it's has the best filler and it's probably the best season. I thought season two was the best overall. Season two has the best like finale, like I would yeah. say. Yeah, season two, really, really good. Season two, we had all this stuff with the clones and you know, I think we kind of had like the best kind of feelings of like the Clone Wars kind of sprinkled in that season. And that's also the season where we had Callus, kind of like the beginnings of Callus and Zeb's friendship, you know, that whole thing and stuff like that. And then obviously the finale was awesome. And there was some really good Inquisitor stuff in there. I think that, that was probably my favorite season overall. Yeah, it's 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 really close between the two. And season two definitely has the best shot in the season of Vader coming down on top of his tie advanced, yeah. like standing on top of it with his lightsaber yeah. out. Really season close. four, I think season four had the best performance across the board, like in terms of like voice acting and stuff like that. Like everyone nailed it. Um, and I think I, I think I believed, I believed the character's motivations for the most part more than ever in season four, which that's how it should be. So even the wolves, did they nail it? <laughs> Doom. <laughs> Doom. I just wanted, I wanted, I was like, at first thought, I was like, oh my God, they're going to eat Ezra. Awesome. This is going to be great. Like, you know, what if they did just like, you know, just like chow down on Ezra Bridger? You know, it's like, wow, what happened to Ezra? I don't know. Um, yeah, that would be, yeah, be crazy. All right. Now it's time, to, it's time to wrap up this bad boy with a rating, with a score, a wannabe's honest opinion from the four of us. Remember, the rule stands as there is no decimals anymore, gentlemen. You got to pick one. You got to pick a hard. Jace, uh, shout out to Jace Gamble for calling me out and saying that was the stupidest rule ever. And then whenever I told him it's harder to pick a score, he was like, yeah, you're right. So um, anyways, Caleb, what's your uh, wannabe's honest opinion on this uh, on these last two seasons together? I'd say it's an eight. Like it's a I mean, it's solid, you know, TV. I mean, it's not perfect. It's not like the greatest thing. And as we've seen, it's not like every single person's going to like love it and fall in love with it. But there's like, there's a lot of good there. And I think if you really love Star Wars and if you can relate to the characters, I think that's a big part of this. If you can relate and kind of grasp onto one or two of the characters in this group of people, I think Rebels is definitely a TV show you need to check out and watch. Mikey? Does anybody know what we gave Clone Wars? That's a good question. I don't know. Like collectively, man, who knows? Collectively, I no or I think I, I think we did. I think we gave it a. I don't know, dude. That's someone's hmm. job. We were all over the, I think we were all over the place because we did it season by season. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what our, my total was. I think it was like seven something. Yeah, um, I would say mine was probably around a seven average. Yeah. I would give Clone Wars. I would definitively say Clone Wars is a seven across the board, even though there's there's moments a that are like five, probably. That's what we said. I don't remember. Maybe I don't know, but 
it's neither here nor there. What's your score for this show? Me? Yeah. Probably like a 8.596. <laughs> no, it's probably an 8, like Caleb. I mean, it is it is a really good show. I enjoy it. I, I liked it a good amount more than Clone Wars because I just I really struggled with Clone Wars. And I watched this first, but I don't know. I just connected with the characters more and it was an easier story to follow. There wasn't any jumping around in the timeline and stuff like that. I just, I really liked it. I think it's a solid eight for sure. Okay. Rex. Um, for me, it's going to be a seven. Um, and I kind of liked it for what I've seen in uh, clone wars. I, uh, so far, I'm liking them equally or maybe favoring Clone Wars a little bit. That's just me. I feel like I wasn't able to really get into the season for some reason. Maybe it was because I've been, I don't know. Maybe I'll come back to it in, you know, a few years or whenever I watch it again. And maybe I'll like it more. But uh, it's still like, I still liked the plot and what they were going for. Um, that's why it's a seven for me. So, like, they hit a lot of good things in it wrong too so yeah caleb i was just gonna say him saying maybe coming back to it i feel like after watching the ahsoka series i'm probably gonna want to have to come back and watch rebels again just that's kind of how i see that going well said hit the high notes (laughs) yeah i think there's part of me that that likes the show a lot more than i liked Clone Wars um, and then there's parts of me that really liked it about the same I think the biggest difference was is that this kind of cut to the point more and had more relatable things I think found within it um, and I ultimately just cared about the filler more like I thought the Saw Gerrera stuff was awesome like to be able to see more of that character that we saw in the Clone Wars and then really the first time I ever saw him was in Rogue One you know, that was kind of like a full circle, full circle moment. Not to mention they got someone that sounded exactly like, um, not what's his name that plays. It is him. It is him. It's the same guy that voiced him. Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds exactly like him. So that makes sense. Forrest Whitaker. Uh, Forrest Whitaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it? Are you sure, Mikey? It's Forrest Yeah. Whitaker. I just looked at the cast list like a couple of days ago. Really? Well, that makes sense. It cool. sounds exactly like him. I liked I liked the filler. I thought the filler the filler felt more meaningful. And I think that's kind of like the felony touch. And to me, it was like the entire series felt a lot more kind of like the last season of the Clone Wars, because you know, Felony kind of had his hand in that as well, but just with a touch more filler. But overall, I think it's still super solid Star Wars, and I will be revisiting it for sure. Um, you know, so for me, it's going to be an eight. Um, I think it's a nice. Go ahead, Rex. I just want to say that the Clone Wars, what I kind of liked about the Clone Wars, I think this is is where I differ from you guys, is like seeing what's going on in the other parts of the universe, you know, during Star Wars. Like, I just thought that was cool. Seeing the other races and what's happening with and how their governments are run. I just thought that was cool. Yeah, no, and very much in our reviews of those shows, like we, that was basically like the same thing as you. Like those were our high points. We enjoyed seeing the different parts, but ultimately we felt like it just kind of lacked in terms of what does this have to do with the overarching story? Right. Um, 
you know, yeah, and I think with Rebels like- Rebels plays it a little more close, you know, and it's more of like this is the goal, this is what we're advancing. Even the filler has to do with um, you know, what what's progressing the story. And, and a lot of times in Clone Wars it just didn't really feel that way, or at least yeah. it didn't for me, you know, and I would be like, What does the this dro- have to do with anything? <laughs> You know, yeah, droids. So much droid stuff. Honestly, I didn't even watch the droid episodes that were in season three. I'm like, not Skip doing it. Yeah. Skipped it. Didn't watch it. Chopper's cool and all, but I mean, no, not doing it. It's better droid stuff than it was in Clone Wars. For sure, but still. Yeah. That, no. Chopper's a murder, by the way. You know, we can just... Thousands. There, like, hundreds of thousands which, of people. you know, good on you, man. Uh, that's one astromech I would never want to cross. So, yeah. So it's an eight from me. It's an eight from Caleb. It's an eight from Mikey. And it's a seven from Rex. That's a pretty, that's a pretty decent score overall, ladies and gentlemen. So gentlemen, thank you very much for giving up your time. I feel like we covered that pretty well. Honestly, there were a lot of things we didn't touch on that we kind of skated over, you know, like the dark saber stuff, you know, the, the callous stuff, you know, there, there was, there was stuff there for sure that we could have touched that we could have spent more time on, but I feel like we hit, the you know the high points for sure so there's that that's gonna wrap it up for us on this episode ladies and gentlemen this wraps up our rebels reviews thank you for sticking along with us um you know as i said before in the outset of the show there's a a variety of ways you can get in touch with us there's a variety of ways that you can consume stuff that we're a part of uh there's a then there's a few different ways that you can support the show so um you know let us know how we're doing give us a review on even if it's one star like even if you literally made it to the end of this episode and you're like i gotta tell these guys how much they suck it honestly would do a lot of good to me like i would i would much i would like to know honestly it would boost my confidence yeah i mean for me it's it's like it's like uh take self-deprivation to a new to a new level you know it's like God, I suck. And then when someone reinforces that, it's like, oh, maybe I can do something with my life. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I do suck. New suits. (laughs) Yay. You know, so there's that. (laughs) We love the haters. Bring them. Bring them on. You know what? I will read it. I will literally read the the worst comment possible on on the show. You know, we'll do a what's good games. We'll read, you know, the the reviews that they do. And we'll, you know, we'll pull one of those maneuvers. So as long as there's no profanity in it. It was just sobbing. Yeah, I'm like. sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> With my glass just of wine. wine. Yeah. Uh, I just like dump it. Yeah, I'm like, like the Will Ferrell meme. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, be on the lookout for all upcoming content in the future. Of course, we would definitely love to hear from you. And, uh, you know, we're we're, ex- we're excited for things to come in the future, as always. We're, we're constantly trying to put out the best stuff we can for the time that we have to put into it. So thank you so much for supporting us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Caleb, say goodbye. Adios, amigos. Mikey? Yes? Go ahead and say goodbye, if you don't mind. Oh, Bye. Uh, Rex, you know, don't make it weird. Just, you know, kind of move it along. Buenas noches. He made it weird. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, ladies and gents. We'll see you next time. Whatever possessed you to check out the podcast or the YouTube channel today, I just want to say thank you so much for doing so. Uh, if this is your first time here, I-, I would appreciate it You know, if you would consider subscribing. As you can tell, it's not just me here anymore. I mean, I do do stuff by myself, but the podcast is going to reside here from now on, uh, you know, in video form. So if you want to see more content, if you want to be notified, you know, every time we post something, whether it be a clip, a podcast, a review, an interview, whatever it may be, if it's gaming stuff, make sure you click that bell and hit the subscribe button, and uh, we will see you next time. Thanks for sticking around, and thank you for preparing yourselves for a plethora of hot takes and potentially unpopular opinions. I'm Gabriel Fast. I will always be the wannabe critic.